0: It's uh, very exciting to be in the house of God today, I must say, <coughs> and uh, yeah, if you haven't met me, my name's Andrew, I'd love to uh, chat to you if we haven't met before. I have many honours, but one of my greatest honours is to serve in our community, of um, Care, in our community, and it's a great delight. This morning I have the uh, privilege, the scary responsibility of sharing the Word of God to you, and uh, this year we've been... Um, Yeah, just working through our theme for this year, king and a cause, king and a cause. What a word for our time. This morning, I'd really like to speak about one of the most vital, engaging dynamics that every one of us can bring to the table in the kingdom of God. Without this clearly defined X factor, (laughs) we just won't move forward in our destiny in Christ. And the whole king and a cause thing (laughs) just won't mean anything without this. It's big in the word of God and it's big in this room. What am I talking about? Having a heart to serve God. It's a big one. And I believe it's bigger on his agenda for us than any of us could comprehend. Having a heart to serve a God is, is not just something that, you know, we get by our own self or our skills or planning, you know. It's developed in our responses to God's grace working in us. I once saw a statement, I put it up on my wall for a while, it said, respond to God and he'll respond to you. Something to think about there. Sort of how he works. He just does everything. So we can't really brag about this. We can't say, mate, I'm a self-made servant of the most high God. You know, my I've built a great heart to serve God. I'm proud of how humble I am. It's something really off with all that. No, it's a grace thing. It's a grace thing. It's similar to salvation faith. You know, that grace of God. That works in us. And uh, it's definitely linked to that. Paul writes to the Ephesians, chapter 2, he says, verse 8, For it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that interesting? It's profound. Okay, God has a purpose and a destiny in Christ. The king has a cause and we are very much part of that. Isn't that the word this year? Us having a heart to serve him is very much part of that process. And he is looking for people like us, <clears throat> Second Chronicle sixteen, the, the New King James puts it the best. Says, "For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him." And if there's ever been an hour in our lifetime, when God is looking for people to raise up godly followers with the loyal heart to serve his son, it's now. <clears throat> Sometimes I think this world is going insane. <laughs> it's really, it's crazy. Um, you know, Paul wrote to the uh, Romans, he said, professing to be wise, they became fools. That's like, that's like our culture today. Um, <clears throat> but in the midst of all that, we see the brokenness and the needs in people's lives. Everywhere I look, this is just in our city, let alone beyond, I see people living lost, like sheep without a shepherd. We saw Jesus weep over his own city when he saw this. The world just can't often meet those needs particularly their eternal needs. (laughs) But Jesus can, and he is looking for us to be on board with him. Now, then we come to this place. (laughs) A message like having a heart to serve God is like preaching to the choir here. In all seriousness, I thought about that. Actually, I love our choir. And if our choir were lined up here... I think it'd be awesome to preach to that choir. I think I'd get encouraged, you know, awesome crew, you know, if they were standing across the page. You know, we have, but the truth is we have a tremendous culture to serve God in this church. I don't know if you realise that. It's awesome. I mean, there are many things I love, we all love, about our senior pastors, Jack and Carol. He tell you their commitment to seek and serve god year in year out over decades is captivating yeah, you. telling you it's not just normal the whole pastoral team they're a good crew i was the other recently i was in a room and i was looking at the pastoral team different different responsibilities they do it's awesome doing great stuff but i thought a defining factor about each of them is their heart to serve god seriously Not just them. It's everywhere. So we see it in a Sunday service like now. We just had great stage worship team, musicians. Awesome. Um, Listen, they're not just performing. (laughs) We know, Daniel. We know Um, these brothers and sisters have a heart to serve God. You talk to David Sylvester about his heart and his journey that he's on, that this thing God's put on his heart to serve God. Seriously. It's awesome. What about the guys behind? The, what about the guy on the sound over there? Uncle Trev. <laughs> on the lights. You know, there's people out the back. My son's out the back uh, doing camera work. Lauren Green is out there putting words on the screen. And you think she has a heart to serve? In fact, I often think whoever's doing the words on the screen, they should have a little photo over there in their name so we all know. And let me tell you, those words be on the screen like, whoa, incredibly accurate. But... Uh, <clears throat> Um, <clears throat> I'll just go on the ops there's ops people here I know them they have a heart to serve God ushers you see that hot little bird over this side coming in the little short one you know she's uh, I've been married to her for 31 years so that's I can say that <laughs> at the cafe our events like last weekend the birthday bash let me tell you behind this wall there's another whole world <laughs> They're having more fun in there than here, believe you me, but something probably more significant. Not just the awesome team that's serving amongst the kids, it's the children themselves are learning how to serve God in the house. That's probably the most vital and many churches across the world would long to have that culture in their kids' church. <clears throat> it's the whole world. Well, let's just get off this property. Let's go into the community. <clears throat> or during the week, connect group leaders. Frontline champions you are. What about the ones who open up your home to host? That's a servant. Yeah. What about the scriptures? <clears throat> I really trust I'm not going to lose my voice today. But anyway, the scripture in schools team. Oh, Lord. I tell you what, if you've got spare time during the week, you've got a heart to serve God, you need to come and speak to Alison, Pastor Alison. The uni team. Okay, so you can't do stuff during the day, but you can at night. Or well, guess what? Guess what Pastor Sonia's got happening over at that uni? You sit down and talk to her about how you might be able to serve on an evening during the week with the uni. And talking to Seth, who is serving today on the the <clears throat> giving me my water, he'll probably be giving me more water soon. He told me he's loving serving in that uni team, but he said we need more men. There's all these males at the uni. Plenty of women come from here and great girls. There's all these guys. He said I'm the only bloke that's turning up half the time. We need more men to serve in that uni team during the week. Yeah. Opportunity. The whole Westcare crew could rave on about that forever. What about big Steve Vans Wheaton and Richard going into schools? They go to Jemo, serving, serving breakfast and encouraging those kids. You talk about a heart to serve God. You know that incidentally, Steve's a family member of Steve told me <clears throat> a while back. He said, I grew up I've had two dads, two dads. Up until I was eleven. I had one dad. And after that, <clears throat> another dad. Same man because that's when Jesus got a hold of him. Born again. What a testimony. He's very well known in our city, Stephen Van Zweden. He's a champion. And uh, that's just what an inspirational thing. But you know what? He's got a heart to serve. And he prioritises his life to get into that school and serve those kids. What about business owners, plumbers, (laughs) Um, young Harley Davis and Jess, you know, building their little business? You sit down and talk to them about how their heart is. God, help us. To serve you with our business. It's a young business owner. Builders. You talk to the boys from Better Build Homes, Aaron, Jaden, like, and, and ask them, well, what's this about you serving God with your business? It's awesome, I'm telling you. Um, vocation. You talk to some of our teachers. They're not just looking after pester kids in the classroom. No. <clears throat> they know God has called them to influence those children. Tell you what. Police. You want to grab a coffee and some scones sometime with Sergeant Nadine Willis? I certainly don't. Let me tell you, I'm better off for it. She uh, looked great, police person, and you know, highway patrol, all kinds of things. But her journey of learning to serve God in that, and opportunities that come, and and what He opens up, has brought her into a whole thing of road trauma support, grief support. Now that's very meaningful for her because she lost her brother when she was a young girl, and suddenly God is using her. Who do you think the police head of police called on Friday morning to visit the widow of the man who died at at Campbelltown, the paramedic? It's our nads. You know what she said? God put the words in her mouth what to share. See a heart to serve God? Let me tell you, we're not just preaching to the choir here. The choir is preaching to us in this house. I could go on and on and on. There is a stream flowing in this place. A foundation for greatness in God's kingdom. And he is looking to build on that. Biblically, it's the whole thing of having a heart to serve God is massive. It's like this huge elephant. As you read the Bible, it's like this huge elephant that's in the room keeps crashing through the walls trying to get our attention. It's It's a big thing. If you go home today and you pull the big family Bible off the shelf and thud it on the table and get your little pencil out and you start at Genesis and go all through the Bible and you underline every time the word serve, servant, service is in the Bible. Or if you don't have a family Bible, we don't. So I just did a search on my Bible app, much easier. <laughs> I'm reading the NIV this year and guess what? Over 1,100 times those words appear. <laughs> Many Old Testament people are specifically called God's servants. <clears throat> We're talking Abraham, Jacob, Joshua, Ruth, Hannah, Samuel, Jesse, Isaiah, Daniel, etc. You think this is big in God's heart? Moses is called God's servant about 40 times, David, over 50. <laughs> Paul wrote in Acts 13, it says, After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to. What a testimony. What do you think God's testimony of you might be one day? It's a scary thought, actually. Now, where did God find him? He was a kid in the back hills of his dad's property, caring for, looking after his dad's sheep. While others went off to places of battle and warfare, he was faithfully, loyally serving his dad and growing in faith and worship and skills. He was totally overlooked by everyone. Except God. On his journey, God developed his heart to serve in great ways. A man after my own heart, he will do everything I want him to do. It's interesting, that Hebrew word for servant, hebed, hebed, it implies two main ingredients, the action of a servant worker, like the action, and obedience. So a servant of God, as illustrated through the Bible, is just someone that's ready to act and obey God. <laughs> that's what he's looking for. The concept of God seeking and developing and using faithful servants is highlighted right throughout the Old Testament. And then <clears throat> in Judea, <laughs> early first century A.D., so much of the reason we even call it AD and BC is because of this guy that showed up. <laughs> AD, you no Domino, the year of our Lord, or BC, before Christ. This man split history. He took this to a whole new level. He happened to be God the Son, the eternal Son of God the Father, who had become incarnate, humanized. He was the Messiah. People had been waiting for this Messiah to come to destroy the Romans and rule and reign and totally take over. But instead, he comes with a heart to serve. Serving his father and serving his cause absolutely consumed Jesus' life and his worldview. In John 4, 34, he says... My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Is that a passionate servant? Matthew 20 verse 25, Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He is the servant. Or as Luke's gospel simply says, I am among you as one who serves. In Mark, it says he called the crowd to him, along with his disciples. And he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. You know, the biggest challenge and blockage and quencher for us, having a heart to serve God, is a self-consumed lifestyle. And this is the spirit of the world. But it can be overcome as we follow Jesus, our King. In John 12, Jesus says, verse 26 Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Wow. Now that's pretty heavy from that passage, too, I might say. None of that was going to be easy. But those first disciples learned it firsthand. They did it. They served Jesus in their generation faithfully. Eventually, some of them turned their world upside down or certainly laid a foundation for others too. And I believe that's the kind of thing God is building in our midst. <clears throat> this is a serving house. <clears throat> so what are we to do? And I just realised, wow, I'm going to get talking real fast. Okay. <laughs> First of all, let's hear his call to serve. This is for new believers or long-term followers <clears throat> if he has called you to know him, he's called you to serve him. How can I serve God? Well, what did he say to Moses? What's in your hand? Let's start with that our time, our energy, our resources, our desires. What is within your reach? Your skills, giftings, relationships, prayers. It's really about giving him your focus. There might be a particular need that you were touched by or get a burden for. Or perhaps you don't have any of that. You're just thinking, okay, here and today, God, okay, and you want to find something to serve. Well, talk to Pastor Allison or Sonia. Fill out a faith promise card and put some of your resources into into missions. You know, find out some of these things and pray for these workers. Join a connect group and ask your leader what you can do to help. Have an ongoing conversation with God about it. He wants us to hear his voice. Others might need a fresh heart commitment to serve you might have served God for many years through many seasons of life and now it's time to look with fresh eyes what have you got for me Lord where do I need to be what would you have me do and particularly for some after the COVID season we want to make sure that our personal reset you know we talk about the great reset in the world has serving God at some level of priority It's a social phenomenon that people have often prioritised their family commitments, which is totally awesome after COVID. Others are really focused on business and work re-engagement, but their community or religious commitments are often not what they were prior. That's just from social commentary. I think it's very different in our church (laughs) from what I see, but let's hear his call to serve today. Second thing I'll say is, just serve the Lord. Just do it. Many of us have seen this. You serve, you grow. Now, many things are good. Reading books, watching videos, doing studies, great. But the greatest growth I have seen is in people when they commit to serving God's house all the time. I remember years ago, tie Our Party, Michael Davis or McDavies, And I observed that they learned to serve God with Pastor Rob. Look, there's something, spe- they grew out of their brains, grew, and I watched them grow. And I remember at the time thinking, God's showing me, you serve, you grow. And it's something about serving in the local church because it's the most literal expression of the body of Christ. <clears throat> I won't actually read that scripture we'll keep moving from there, but <clears throat> there's something about that. And if you're stuck in other less than ideal circumstances, serve your boss, serve your unsafe family or other challenging people as Christ himself. I spent three and a half years doing a theology degree. It was awesome, good. Just after that, I spent three and a half years working in the Coca-Cola vending and sales distribution team. (laughs) And to this day, I'm absolutely, it's just true. God formed my heart to serve and prepared me for the kingdom activities I'm doing now and whatever's to come in the days to come, way more in that ungodly work environment than sitting in a class studying the Bible, as wonderful as that was. Because I took scriptures like this very literally. Colossians. Slaves. I mean, he's writing to slaves here. First century slaves, a bit different than some of our other slaves. But he says, Obey your earthly masters in everything and do it, not only when their eyes on you carry their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with your heart as working for the Lord not for human masters this is the word of God speaking from the great apostle since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord it is the Lord Christ you are serving see the worldview there don't think oh I better go off and be a pastor and be like no I've got enough pastors and things you get serving where God has put you now and you watch what he does and uh, if, he, if Paul could write that to actual slaves in the first century, how much we should be submitting ourselves to grow within the circumstances God has allowed within our lives. It's awesome. And in various seasons. I mean, God has... Yeah, it all could. Third thing I'd say is just keep on serving. Keep on serving. This is a word for our time. Galatians 6 says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. It's so sad to see people that you know love God and are called to serve him who have pulled back from serving the Lord, even given up. Because things got hard or they got hurt, disappointments, offences, sin, particularly when you know the Holy Spirit resides in us and in them. He does not leave us when things get tough. He is the comforter, counsellor, advocate, the paraclete who stands alongside of us to do what? To help us serve the king. So if you're in that place today, be encouraged because he's vowed never to leave you or forsake you, Finally, Now we don't always know what harvest that he wants to reap from our persistent serving. In Matthew 25, In a parable, Jesus says, After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, and let me tell you, if there's six words you want spoken over your life, it's these six words from the king. Well done, good and faithful servant. If you made that your life thing, to get those words, hallelujah, you've been faithful with a few things, I'll put you in charge of many. Come and share in my happiness. Now, you know, the parable indicates a a return of the Lord, eternal reward. Great. But it also implies the idea of Jesus giving us more and more capacity as we faithfully serve with what he's given us. I've really been stirred about this in recent times, particularly in the context of our community work, engaging with people in need. I've been sensing Jesus just wants to step things up with his power and his anointing, things like healing and the miraculous, signs and wonders that actually point the way, a sign, a wonder that makes you think, what? That's a sign and a wonder, pointing to Jesus the Saviour and Deliverer, that as we've been faithful with what he's given us in serving him and helping others, we may see him turning things up a little. The needs are certainly all around us. So if you are sensing something similar, I'm telling you, or if you know inside that God is on your case, continue to press in. <clears throat> Look, even the week or two before Easter, in, in, in a period of 10 days, one night I got a phone call. There's a guy, a couple of men's in a, in, a, in a pub in, in, in Penrith here. Our good friend, his wife, had just had a nine and a half hour brain <clears throat> operation. She had an aneurysm. They spoke about it. You know what? His mate said, we have got to call Andy from Westcare. <laughs> I went straight down to that hotel, spoke to him. The next morning I went into ICU with him. She was quite a sight, I'll tell you. But her hand, as I put my hand, I felt I was representing the Lord and represent, and her hand was just pulsing. She couldn't communicate. She knew I was there, and I thought, Lord, she let her be touching the hem of your. These are, these are not believers, just that. Then I was called into a house the day before that. Day after that, sorry. This man's been given up. The doctors have stopped treating him. He's full on stage four cancer. Young family, five children, beautiful Pacific Islander family. I don't know them at all, and just just somehow got to be in there, prayed. And look, I don't know what. And I went there and shared what I felt God wanted to tell that man and his wife. That's wow. And, pray, and Look, I don't know what's going to happen there. All I know is God's presence is in that room, next level. And I'm thinking, Lord, what are you doing? Then we're dealing with a young family with a little girl has a no one with that condition has grown up to be an adult. And I I just happened to have contact with the dad three times in one week in telling him how I'm believing God to to do something with that daughter. Imagine being a world first healing in Penrith for that chromosome 6 ring condition. We could go on and on. There's other situations. Just seriously, on and on and on. And it's just the needs are there. It's like, God, we know God heals. Anyone in the pastoral team will say, yep. But there's something next level God's taking us into. He wants us to be faithful with what he's given us and he will give more and more and more. And you've got to ask, who are those people that he would give that to? I think of the shocking things that are happening around the church today. I'm thinking, Lord, you gave them money, you gave them influence. Thank you that you did not give them healing power. Like churches overseas, I'm talking about certain things. But I'm thinking, because think about the mess that would be. At the same time, I'm feeling God wants to pour out his spirit and power to touch lives. Who would he give this grace to? Let me tell you. It's ones who have been faithful in serving with what he's been given. Who prioritise the the king and his cause. And I think he looks in a place like this. I'm seeing a lot of faces here and I'm thinking, Lord, bless that person. Give them more Let them be found faithful, that that day comes and you stand before the king of eternity. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And along the way, through our faithful having a heart to serve, he has drawn so many other people into his house and his kingdom. He has been able to, just like the days of Nazareth, just walk among the streets and the homes, bringing healing and wholeness and eternal salvation. He is looking to and fro across our city, this house and the world, for people who will faithfully serve him. And that could be us. Father, we thank you for your word. We just want to be good and faithful servants that you can just expand and enlarge and you can live your life through us. Use us as a tool in your hand to touch your very hands and feet, your very words, and bring great glory and bring many, to life and salvation in you, we pray in Jesus' name.